I almost believed that, Mike Meharry. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley. Sadly, I'm not joined by the number one producer in late night. Blake Osborne's on vacation. Uh, we're, we're not going to be mad at him. We're not going to complain and yell because uh, if anybody deserves a vacation, it's Blake Osborne for everything that he does. Him and the kids are down in uh, PCB, Panama City Beach. I didn't know what PCB was when he told me. He had to explain to me what that was. But I've got, I've got a uh, replacement that's almost as good. My producer for tonight and guest is Mike Meharry. Mike, how are you doing? <laughs> Boy, you bring the energy every night, I gotta tell you. It, it well, you okay, I'll give it to you that you're out in you're out in that there eastern time, also known as the Leastern time. Um not the Beastern time. And I'm in Central, so I mean it is it is an hour later than you for you. Uh I do wanna say, normally we do the show live. But tonight we're doing the show live. So since tonight we're live, we're actually going to be able to look into the live chat every great now and then to see who has joined us. Uh, I already gave out the message that we, we have our viewer mail, but if we, if basically if me and Mike run out of material and we need more viewer mail, then we'll just look into the chat and answer some questions. So we'll save that for later in the show, but I do want to say a quick hello to Andrew Avery is here. Clay Davis is here. Clay Davis, the number one fan of the Washington football team. Uh, Jeff Johnson is here. Michael Bolden, Michael Bolden of the Tenth Amendment Center is here. So, yeah, that's right. You should you should say watch what you have to say about the Tenth Amendment Center. So we also have Jeff Johnson. We have uh, David Willimowski. So Dave and Mary of Liberty Late Night are here. Uh, we also have uh, we are I already said Andrew Avery. So Andrew's already given any too many comments. We have Ryan Seifert, who asks, is the show live or alive? <laughs> we'll, we'll let you guys decide that for later on. Uh, Lyle Durio is here. Celeste Anandis is here. Jeff Johnson already has a question for Mike, which is, uh, what excitement? Mike is a vampire, you know. <laughs> it's true. You can look at my Facebook. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, ben White's here. So guys, thank you so much for everybody who is uh, joining into the show. Uh, at the moment um how you been doing mike well you know not too bad you know that that uh you know what happened this week it's a historic week or historic day yesterday gold is over two thousand dollars an ounce first time ever really yeah so that uh moving money over to gold and silver was uh fortuitous hmm that sounds good um, now I, 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 now I know that you work with shift gold and, and you deal with gold a lot. It was, was gold. No, 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 no. I deal with writing about gold. I don't well, actually okay. Oh, deal okay, with okay, actual okay. gold. I wish I dealt with gold. I'd like to have a big stack of it right about okay. here. Now did, was, was gold trending upwards for a while before the recent economic slash pandemic crisis or has it take a sudden shift upwards? No, actually, uh, gold was up 18% last year. So, really, gold has been in a in a bull market since about 2015-ish. It started to creep up, and it really got going in 
2018-2019 when everybody started to realize that the Fed was going to pivot back to uh, quantitative easing and lowering interest rates. People forget that, you know, even before we got into the pandemic, the Fed was already cutting interest rates and, and printing money. So, um, yeah, it, it, this is it's certainly accelerated with the pandemic, but it was trending up that way before. Now, something uh, this is actually a question that we've gotten on our show accounts before. Someone had asked me, and I don't know why they're asking me, by the way. They should be asking you, but they, <laughs> but they asked me. I think they, they think you had been on the show that week and they wanted to know about silver. Yeah, actually, I think silver, historically, if you look at the dynamics right now, silver is a better buy than gold. Uh, first off, historically, silver typically does better than gold in a gold bull market. And then there's this thing called the silver-gold ratio, which basically is how many ounces of silver it takes to buy one ounce of gold. And uh, it's been at historically high levels now for about two years, which basically tells you that either silver is undervalued or gold is overvalued. And given the economic dynamics, I don't think anybody's going to really argue that gold is overvalued. So really, as as we see this bull market take off, I kind of expect that silver is going to gain more than gold is. You know, gold's at its record price at $2,000. Silver's record price is at about 50 And uh, today, I think uh, gold is up in the $26 range. So it's still got a long way to run to even get to record territory. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed it. That's going to be the end of us talking <laughs> talking about precious metals for tonight. Um, yeah, that was about the most boring uh, monologue ever. Everybody's like, Ugh. well, you know what? If if you'll excuse yourself for just a moment, the monologue is not over yet. Oh, well, excellent. But I, I, I thought I was carrying. Well, this. well, I mean, that's why I have you. That's why they pay you the big bucks, Mike Meharry. <laughs> I get Blake's salary, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so folks who are regular watchers of the show may remember last week, I actually showed a clip of a trailer for the Not Too Late show that is hosted by Elmo of Sesame Street. Now, I didn't know about this until just a few minutes yes, ago. Yes, so, so this is actually, well, yeah, so thanks for being a regular watcher, Mike. So anyway, <laughs> this, this actually came as a shock. So not, so not only is the guy ripping off my name, but... He's, he actually is wearing like a suit and tie, very similar to like the one I wear on the show when we're in the studio. Um, so I actually had written some angry tweets and, and comments on Facebook about Elmo, of all people, is stealing my thunder. We mm -hmm. received a response. Uh-oh. So we actually got this response from Elmo of the Not Too Late Show with Elmo. Hi, Alan! It's Elmo here from the Not Too Late Show! Just wanted to let you know that my legal team is going to be taking legal action against you. Okay, bye now. Well, that seems less than ideal. It does seem less than ideal, Mike Meharry. So have you... <laughs> let, me, let me stop myself. <laughs> I know where this is going. Have you ever been sued? <laughs> I have been sued. <laughs> oh, it's not fun. Well, I mean, but you weren't so sued by Sesame Street. You were sued by, what, the city of Lexington? Sesame Street. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, pretty, <laughs> I mean, what's the difference, right? Pretty much the same thing. I, I, I don't know what they're willing to take as a, as a payoff. on. I don't know how you settle up with Sesame Street. Cookies? Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? Um, I cannot. It's funny that you mention cookies. You know, the cookie monster is his sidekick. Like his, his enemy. I know. It's the cookie monster. 
That's why I said that. I, I know my Sesame oh, Street. Well, I mean, I know you know the Cookie Monster, but, like, he's, I mean, on the actual show, Not Too Late with Elmo. Oh! The Cookie Monster is oh. his sidekick on the show. So, basically, the Cookie Monster would be me in this scenario. <laughs> yes, you're the Cookie Monster. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, I should, you know what? <laughs> if we had ever rehearsed anything we've ever done in our lives, then you would have known this before this moment and could have had, like cookies or something prepared we have no cookies in the house really actually this was a big uh, bone of contention yesterday because people may not realize yesterday was national cookie day and it was also the day that my wife and i chose to stop eating all of the junk that we've been eating for the last several weeks so we were very much in mourning that we had no cookies on national cookie day so i'm going to take a, a quick look in the chat before we go to our first commercial break so, Jeff Johnson says, show us where Elmo tickled you on this doll. Jeff, <laughs> could you save those types of comments for the appropriate segment of the show? Uh, Andrew Avery says, Meharry is a vampire, should, so he, should, he would be the Count. Um, fair. Oh, that's true. Uh, Lyle Durio says, bruh. So, I have to say, big shout out to Lyle Durio for getting us the clip of Elmo for that, for that little bit. So, Lyle, thank you for your service. You can thank him too, Mike. That's what. That's... Oh, thank you, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clay Davis says one, two, three, three surveillance devices. Ah, ah, ah. That's great. Did I? That's I feel it. like I did that pretty well. It's twenty-six surveillance devices in the city of Lexington, or twenty-nine. <laughs> well, we're not going to take the time to count up to twenty-six. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Because it's too late. Guys, thank you so much for joining the show. We have a lot of really fun stuff prepared. In case you haven't noticed, I'm not in the studio. This is going to be more of a stripped-down episode and a little bit more levity than we uh, I know Mike's not going to play complain, but we will be right back. After Don't go away. What time is it? It's time for the meme of the week. I call my penis COVID because it's so contagious. Because 80% of women didn't know. <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but so... And it's funny. So so for everyone at home, Mike and I actually discussed this before we went on, because the last thing we want to do is get sued and get tons of free national attention. But I actually right. don't think you can get sued for this meme, because, I mean, he got convicted, right? So that's not, <laughs> that's not slander. That's just a stating fact. 
he might be watching from jail right now. You know, we could have someone like Suzanne Sherman on the show, who was a lawyer, to talk to us about what we can and can't get away with. But I always refer to you because you have so much experience <laughs> in court. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Uh, another quick look at the chat. This is how you know that our audience knows me so well. Jeff Johnson says, oh, no, here comes the Avery puns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of our people says drink because I, I, oh, I don't have the drinking game stuff up. So if somebody remembers the rules, put the rules for the it's too late drinking game in the chat. Lal Durio says, I'm kind of impressed Elmo knows about the show. Well, clearly he knows about the damn show because he's trying to steal my thunder. Right? Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, I'm probably going to regret this because it's going to end up taking like the entire rest of our runtime, but you want to do some viewer mail? Yeah, why not? All right, first question comes from Eric Eli. So, dear Alan and Mike, where do your liberties end? Mike, where do your liberties end? They end of a barrel of a gun. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Whoa! <laughs> You can't say stuff like that. That's oh, so like it, so. Look, Mike. I don't tell people. I used to tell people all the time they should go kill themselves. But my producer Blake sat me down one day and said, "Alan, that's no way to build an audience." So now we refer people to euthanasia.com. So you can't tell people your liberties in at the end of a barrel. Try to find try to find a little bit more PC way of saying that. Oh, um, um. My liberties end where your liberties begin. Are you running for something in the LP? Is that, is that, <laughs> is that what that's supposed to be? Oh! All right. So, okay. Um, I feel like my answer is, because we wouldn't say that you have a liberty to aggress upon other people, right? So that's not no. a liberty. So my liberties don't end. They are eternal. They are infinite. I am become liberty. There you go. That's, that's deep. Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Mike, do cow farts come from the dairy air? That is clearly, absolutely a, fact, a factual statement. Okay, so I'll admit that one wasn't bad. Yep. No, that was pretty the, good. The, Andrews tend to work better when you see them written out because because someone who just heard derriere might not realize that it's d a i r y space a i r, but right. oh, but I'll give it to you that was pretty good. You know I've I've given I've given Andrew a hard time the last few because sometimes he sends us one that um, a a blonde guy can't easily interpret and then Blake goes on like a fifteen minute tangent about why he doesn't understand. But Blake's <laughs> not here this week. I'm glad you picked up on it right away. Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw it written out too. Yeah. So, in all fairness, yeah, you did. You saw it out. So the answer is yes. I guess that they yeah. they do come from deep here. All right. So Ryan Seifert asks, "Dear Alan and Mike, would you rather be turned into a werewolf or a vampire?" Well, we already know what Mike Meharry's answer is. Yeah, clearly. Go to my Facebook. You can see the picture. Yeah. Photographic evidence. Although supposedly vampires don't photograph, so. Ooh, that's true. Do they not photograph, mm -hmm. or is it just mirrors, or is that the same thing? Well, cameras are made of mirrors. Of course, 
we're in the digital realm now. So maybe a digital camera may not have mirrors. I mean, you're on the show right this second. So, I mean. That's true. Yeah. But maybe I've not transmorgified into a vampire yet. Maybe that's for later. That just goes to show that vampire, like you can, vampire can be translated through an HD. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm actually going to say, yeah, vampire. I mean, okay, yeah. so if you're if you're a werewolf, then, I mean, you get to be a werewolf, but the con is is that you basically no longer get to fit in human society. Well, and you have no control, right? You're, you're a werewolf only when the moon is full. So, you know, if I needed to be a werewolf tonight, I'd be out of luck. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, but I mean, but if you, like, even if you were a werewolf all the time, I mean, that just means that, like, you couldn't, like, you can't go to the store because everyone would be like, oh, God, a werewolf. That's but if true. you're a vampire and the sun sets, you just go out, go clubbing, have a good time. Right, yeah. right. I mean, I think, I think women think it's hot. So, I mean, they've got whole franchises built around that, right? very true. Ryan Seifer <laughs> says vampires get to live in cool old castles. Get, get to That's is true. the way he words it. I would say murders the inhabitants and, and stakes <laughs> his claim. Um, so there you go. So I'm going to say vampire as well. Um, Jeff Johnson asks, uh, it, it was for Alan and Blake, so we'll, just, we'll change this to Alan and Mike. Okay. If you ran a 100-yard dash, who would smoke it and who would have a heart attack and pass out? Well, I mean, theoretically, you should smoke it and I should pass out from a heart attack because I'm old. And in all fairness, I'm not a sprinter. I'm a a distance runner, but I can still hang. I mean, I don't know if this is fair, though, because while you might be old, you also have like a cybernetic Borg heart. And so, I mean, like, doesn't (laughs) that give you I mean, that's would that be considered performance enhancing? It might. I don't know. I'm so I'm so glad we go over these answers before the show starts, aren't you? Aren't isn't everyone in chat? Oh man. Okay. So next question is Celeste Annis writes, What is your favorite Ella Fitzgerald song? Mike, what's your favorite Ella Fitzgerald? I don't have one. Really? No. Uh, even even when I sent you the questions. You could well, you could just Google one. I wanted to be honest with my answer. And I thought about Googling one, but then that's just bullcrap. Okay, so, all right. So my answer is um, Stars Fell on Alabama, but she actually did that as a duet with Louis Armstrong, and Louis Armstrong sucks. Yeah, I said it. Louis Armstrong blows. Wow. So first of all, he's just not that good. And second of all, he's a horrible vocalist. I mean, his voice is just horrifically bad. I don't... Well, but it's so bad that it's good. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Yes. No, no. It's like Robert Smith of the Cure. Wait, well, I wonder if anyone has ever made that analogy before compared to Louis Armstrong. This is why you have me on It's Too Late. Because <laughs> this, is... this is what I bring to the table. So, Celeste, the answer is uh, stars fell on Alabama, but only if you you get to take the part of Louie because he blows. Um, <laughs> M.D. Culp writes, uh, Dear Alan and Mike, if one was to move his family to eastern Tennessee, where would be some ideal places to look at, preferably with some land and mountains? Now, Sherry Voluntary was going to join us tonight, but she couldn't make it. 
that would really be more of a question for her because she actually lives in East Tennessee. I, I'm in Nashville, which is east of Memphis, so. I would not live in East Tennessee under any circumstances. All right. Why is that? <laughs> well, isn't that obvious? I mean, first off, E-I-E-I-O. And second off, there's no beach. Well, okay, so it is true there is no beach. However, you could live in a county whose mayor is Kane from the WWE. Oh, yeah, that would be kind of cool, I yeah. guess. But that wouldn't be that wouldn't be in the mountains with land. I mean, that's Knoxville. Well, I mean, and then somebody would then somebody would want me to wear that terrible Tennessee orange. And that's absolutely out of the question as well. You're going to you're going to turn this into a sports ball thing and I'm not going to let you. <laughs> that's that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow, everybody. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So to answer to answer your question. um, so I, I actually live in Middle Tennessee, but I went to school in Maryville College, which is Maryville, Tennessee, which is near Knoxville. It's in East Tennessee. Um, I really like it's a really nice area. You you can I mean in fifteen minutes you can be in Knoxville, which is a pretty happening town. In fifteen minutes the other direction you can be in, in the Smoky Mountains. So yeah. true story. I've been to Maryville, Tennessee. You've been to okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> we I know a, that that's high school band high school band competition in about nineteen eighty probably eighty four. I know you're lying because you said I've been to Maryville, Tennessee, which is incorrect. It's Maryville. Whatever. <laughs> E-I-E-I-O. So, Maryville. Go to Maryville. It's a pretty cool town. I like Maryville. it. Uh, our last question for tonight. Well, we, we might rip some out of the uh, user chat, but the last one that we had from before. Marilyn Willimowski of Liberty Late Night, who says, What is your first memory as a child? Mike, what was your first memory as a child? The first memory that I actually remember was the uh, Neil Armstrong stepping on the moon. Really? That's the first thing you remember from growing up? I, I, I have a very, very specific visual image of sitting on my grandmother's bed watching it on her little black and white TV that was on her dresser uh, in her home. And I was only about two and a half years old. Hmm. But I, I do remember that, I guess because they made such a big deal about it. Hmm. I remember being in the kitchen of the house I grew up in, and my mom was frying a piece of bologna to make me a bologna sandwich. Mm. And that, that is my earliest memory. <laughs> Celeste says, wow, a false memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, that was, so that's Inception. Someone gave you that memory, but it's not real. I guess. I also saw the uh, Apollo 18. I actually saw it launch. That was the one they launched at night. And I lived in Florida at the time and actually saw that bad boy go up. Huh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one quick scroll f through the chat to see if I see any other good uh, questions before we take our break. Uh, Lyle says, is Mike Neil Armstrong? He said he, said he <laughs> remembers it like when he's two years old, not he remembers it when he was 36. <laughs> right. I just, I wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a memory like I was doing this thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ryan Seifert asks, is recreational cocaine performance enhancing? So I would say that they would probably say cocaine is performance. Wouldn't they? I, I've never taken cocaine, but I would presume that that would be true. Right. Fair. I like how you're covering your bases there. Um, yeah. Let's see. Do we have any other questions? Uh, Ryan Seifert asks, uh, Alan, where is my drink? 
like I think you're supposed to be in DoorDash or Grubhub or something for questions like that, not not the it's too late <laughs> chat. Um let's see. Ryan oh Ryan also says, is Gonzo Elmo's attorney? God, I hope so. That's that's about <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Gonzo is the city attorney in Lexington. <laughs> Clay Davis asks, is this the gold standard with Alan Mosley? Clay, we don't talk about that anymore. I don't I have no idea what he's talking about. This is this is the hundred and nineteenth episode of It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Alan uh, uh, Clay got thrown off when we talked about gold at the beginning of the show. That that is true. He did get thrown off. Um, I feel like I'm missing one, but um, screw them. You know what I'm saying? That's all right. right. Last one before we go to the break. If you had to travel into the future or the past and never come back, what would it be? Mm, that's a good question. I think I'd probably have to go with the future. Go with the future? Yeah, but I don't know what that would be, but I do know that, like, like I would be interested to see what it was like in, say, 1800. But I know that the standard of living would suck compared to now. Yeah. Odds are, if I go into the future, either that it's going to be better or nothing will exist and I'll just disappear into nothingness. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with the future. See, I was tempted to say something like I would go into the past, but not the distant past, like just far enough back to maybe right some of my own wrongs or, uh, you know, oh, get, well, get the winning lottery ticket so then I could live the rest of the way with millions of dollars. But if you're going, this is, see, this is a tricky question because regardless of which way you're going, but especially if you're going into the past, that's you going into the past and you can't come back. But if you go into the past, there's going to be another younger version of you there already, right? That would, yes. So how are you going to live? Because anybody that's anybody that's watched Back to the Future knows this and knows the dangers. Yeah, so like, unless you're willing to off yourself <laughs> and take over his life now, it's not going to work out. Like, you can't go back and live your life because there's already a you there. Right. I'm really glad we've covered these important topics on tonight's show. <laughs> yes. Guys, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at alan at funnybroke.com. So I'm, I'm going to tell on you, Meharry. You told me before the show started that the only reason your show is any good is because of the music. The music's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, no, I don't think I said the only reason your show is any good. I said that's what makes you top. Are you tier. trying to say that I've misquoted you? Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying, and my legal team will be in contact soon. <laughs> With that said, I thought we would take a, a moment to do a segment on tonight's show where, you know, one of the questions, it's, it's kind of like a cliche at this point, where people, you hear like on every show ever, how did you come to Liberty? What, what were right. your influences from the Liberty movement? 
I, I've, I probably shouldn't do that too much because there's probably people listening who they either A, are interested in that, or B, they do a show and they ask people that. And so now they're like, Alan, <laughs> right. Alan, thinks, just Alan thinks I'm just a piece of shit. Um, yes. But second of all, <laughs> I, actually, I actually have a short list of the people who influenced me the most to come to live. Oh, people. cool. Um, okay. and, I'll, and I'll give you four names, and then I'm going to go over some of the quotes that really like, spoke to me. I'm going to okay. start with Louis von Mises. Louis von Mises, the namesake one. of the Mises Institute. Everybody, human action. I mean, you right. can't go wrong, right? So, so you know a lot about Mises, don't you? I know a little bit about Mises. Yeah. So, I'm, so this, is, this is probably one of my favorite quotes from Louis von Mises when he said, mm-hmm. Society has arisen out of the works of peace. The essence of society is peacemaking. This is why we libertarians believe in an aggressive foreign policy. We must make them have peace. Um, what? I, I, that doesn't sound completely right. I mean, I don't think he really meant that you're, you're going to make people. I think he was talking more about like peaceful interactions and and. Uh, voluntary associations. I don't. I don't think he meant like forcing peace. That's kind of the opposite of the whole philosophy, right? I mean, it clearly says it right there. It even has capital letters on the word "make." Well, yeah, it does. But I, I, I that doesn't. That's not right. I'll take your word for it. However, this one does remind me of the proud LEOs that we talk about all the time on the show. But we don't mean law enforcement <laughs> officers. We mean liberty enforcement officers, which I have to admit, I stole that from Mike Meharry. I saw that yeah. from you. You were talking about liberty enforcement officers. Yeah, the liberty enforcement squad. That's who the liberty enforcement officers work for. They're going to impose liberty from the top. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I've misremembered that one. Isn't that what the politicians say? Misremembered? Yes. Misspoke? I think maybe. I mean, I think the the first part sounded right, but I think you extrapolated a little out of that. That okay doesn't quite. Well, I'll move work. on. I'll move on to former Congressman Ron Paul. I like Ron Paul. That's Ron good. Paul has been a guest on this very show. I know. He I has. Know. You know, I asked Ron Paul if a hot dog is a sandwich. You know what he said? S- some BS politician answer. <laughs> just just some garbo thing that you'd expect from a congressman. But uh, Ron yeah. Paul is the only guy I've ever voted for. And I'll tell He's the last person I voted for. There you go. And I'll tell you this is this is one of the reasons why I voted for Ron Paul when he said setting a good example is a far better way to spread the ideals than through force of arms. This is why I support the federal police ending the riots across America. <laughs> wait, no, wait, no. No, no, no. no. He, he, said, say- he said, this is why I support the federal policing of the rights of the No, no, no. He did say that that we want to set a good example, like setting a good example of, of, of living out liberty, not like doing the opposite and, and arresting people who are simply protesting. I, that, that's not what he meant at all. See, I, I took that to mean that we like we can't bomb Afghanistan because he was against that, but we right. want them to know we mean business, so we just bomb our own people. No, 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 no. Well, no, we're showing that that we give freedom. That would be the opposite because we want to show people that that we tolerate and we give freedom and and we we advance liberty, not that we 
crush it. That's exactly what we're doing in Afghanistan now. Hmm. You're really confused on on the the. I mean, I think you, you've kind of got the right ideas, but you're taking it the wrong direction in your in your practical application, which is kind of typical of libertarians. Let's be honest. They're really good at philosophy, but sometimes the practical application of that. Eh. Mm. All right. Mm. Well, OK. How about this one? OK. Lysander Spooner. Oh, my favorite. Oh, Lysander Spooner is your favorite. Go on. OK, fair enough. So Lysander Spooner uh, talked a lot about the Constitution. He did. No authority. Yes. So we'll always remember, like, there's this one quote that you just see on every meme, every T-shirt, everywhere. Yes. I, people email this yeah. to me. <laughs> I, I know where you're going Yeah, with so this. When he's talking about the Constitution, and he says, It has either authorized such a government as we have had or has been powerless to prevent it. In either case, it is unfit to exist. So we must forge a new constitution, one constitution, to rule them all. <laughs> oh, again, I think, I think the last part of that isn't... I mean, I don't really like this quote to begin with, but, but you, boy, you went way off the rails, because I think he would say that since we have this uh, constitution is authorized, this fiasco that we have, that we shouldn't have any constitutions at all. I don't, I don't think he's saying we should have one... Uh, one size fits all. Again, you're kind of doing the opposite of what the intention of the quote is. I'm going to take a quick... How did you even become a libertarian? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. You, you have to do that on your show to ask me. We're not doing this on oh. my show. No, 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 oh, no, no. Sorry, sorry. I, I do want to take a quick look into the live chat where Live Dario says, Lyle Dario says, you, you run the ball in the first three quarters so you can run the ball in the fourth quarter. Lyle sounds like he needs to watch sports ball with Mike and Al. <laughs> he does. Well, I, I don't even understand. I don't even understand what that. What that. I don't. Also, understand. he asks, "What's a?" He's not wrong. Well, yeah, he also asks, "What's a federal police?" The federal police are the people that are going to shut me down when Elmo gets his way. That's, that's right. who that is. Okay, we're going to do one more. Okay. All right. Who is Mister Libertarian himself? Uh, I believe you're probably referring to Murray Rothbard. Murray Rothbard. The enemy of the state, as he is known. Yep. Murray Rothbard. This is may maybe, maybe the leading libertarian influencer of all time. Imagine what kind of TikToks we would get if Murray Rothbard was still alive with us today. Man. So with that said, we're going to take a look at Murray Rothbard. This is probably my favorite quote from him when he said, if I'm not allowed to sell my kids, then just put a bullet in my head right now, because I don't want to live in this authoritarian hellscape. Um, did he, I don't, did he say that? I mean, I know it's written there, but that, I, I don't think he really meant to, like, sell your kids, although that's crossed my mind. Well, well, well I mean, they're your kids, so you own them. Well, I don't think you own them in that sense. I mean, I think he was talking more about, you know, the 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 fact that you're responsible for them and 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 so that you have certain control over, you know, their their decision making up to a point. But I don't think he meant you could sell them. What do you think you could get for a kid on the open market? <laughs> oh no. Um I don't know. Ask Bill Clinton. 
We're not doing that tonight either. Oh, we're sorry. Not doing... You know what? We're going to let more information on that come out. Actually, we probably should do that sooner than later because if you if the mainstream media were any indication, that's already gone. It already didn't yeah. happen. Uh, we got to if it's on the internet, it must be true. Amen. Well, all right, I stand corrected on everything that I Sherry said. Sherry Voluntary is here, who says every time... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute! <laughs> I, whoa, wait a minute! I thought she couldn't make it to the show! She couldn't make it to the show, but she's in the live chat. That's, that's her way of saying that she doesn't want to work with you. Oh, painful. Uh, she says every time Rothbard is mentioned, a status dies. Well, if that happens, then the LP won't have many more members left. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> wow. I, you went right I know. There. See, I know that deep down you're jealous of how I alienate my potential audience. <laughs> it's an excellent strategy. Alienate your audience and get sued by Elmo. That's the, 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 that is what makes It's Too Late tick. However, Sherry does say, if you shop at Wayfair, it's not as much as you think. Talking about the price of a kid. Yes, I got that. Um, depends on which cabinet they come in. You know, it's all in the packaging. Andrew Avery says, "Just ask Blake. He buys and sells kids, doesn't he?" Oh, that, that's true. Yeah, that's a pretty good, another pretty good pun. That is, that is true. Kind of. Yeah. <sighs> you think we should answer any more questions from the chat, or we should just ignore them the rest of the way? I don't know. Some of them are amusing. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. But in the meantime, we're going to take another commercial break. All right. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Okay, I can't ignore a question from our, our loyal viewer, Ryan Seifert, because we only have like seven viewers left at this point. Ryan <laughs> asked, if you're selling your kids into slavery, it's a nap violation, but if you're selling them to a loving family, it's okay. Would you agree with that? Hmm. I don't know if I want to wait in <laughs> into this. Fair enough. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I can see the headlines tomorrow, you know. Mary, uh, see, I, vampire advocates selling children. See, I've already said that could go sideways really I've fast. Already, I've already told you if 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 we're trending on Twitter tomorrow because of this episode, think of all the publicity we're getting that we never got before. So basically, you want me to go to prison for the sake <laughs> of it's too late. Um, that was not in the uh, guest producing. Contract. See, now we're into those weird hypotheticals of how many years would you be willing to go to prison for, like, X amount of money. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of people that should go to prison, <laughs> Joe Biden will no longer be traveling to the DNC convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to accept the Democratic nomination amid coronavirus concerns. Oh, so Joe Biden and the rest of the planned convention speakers will not travel to Wisconsin. They actually have on there for the Quadrennial Democratic National Convention. Is I don't know if it, they're just trying to fit fancy words in there, right there. Um, yeah. 
But I'm, but you and I were planning on talking about this a little bit anyway, because I had, I had said to you, I've been reading and hearing more and more people saying that if you have two bad choices, if you have Joe Biden and Donald Trump, and frankly, neither one of them concede to stop putting their foot in their mouths, then right. is it a viable political strategy to just not have your candidate talk? I think in this case, I don't think it's a bad strategy. I really don't. So you actually turned me on to an interview that that, uh, Uncle Joe did very recently, where the interviewer specifically brought up concerns about his mental acuity. Mental state, state. that's right. Now, we've talked about on this very program before that if, honestly, I think Joe Biden's brain is jello. I I really do. I. I do too. And, you know, in in some ways I want to make fun of him because he is a sociopath as most politicians are. But then in some ways I kind of feel bad for him because it's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that I would necessarily wish on, on anybody. Um, But, but with that said, you know, politics is such a divisive thing and you have all of these, Mm. you have all of these libs, who will say things like Donald Trump is Donald Trump is unfit for office, you know, hashtag impeach, right? Right. But, but I mean, now don't get me wrong. Donald Trump's got some more than a few problems too, but they're right. not really saying he's unfit for office because he's physically breaking down so much as they're saying he's right. not unfit for office because they think he's a big meanie poopy head. Right. And they don't like, they don't like the way he does things. They don't like his Twitter. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, but in the case of Joe Biden, I actually think he genuinely, and I, and again, I don't mean unfit for office because I don't, I don't like him. I certainly don't think he should be in office. But I right. think he's genuinely unfit for office in, like, from a physical, mental standpoint. I genuinely do. I agree with you. So this is actually a clip of an interview that he did with with CBS, where the interviewer specifically asked him, "Have you taken a a mental acuity test?" Please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well... If he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I I, I know you're trying to goad me, but. Um... So speaking of not knowing what you're talking about, <laughs> what's the elephant and lion? I don't even. What? Um. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So while Dario says he brought up cocaine, WTF. So I, so one one thing again, I'm we have plenty of things to laugh about, but I, I actually want to be serious for a moment and say that you know older folks, um, especially older older gentlemen who start to deal with dementia, um, they they can become aggressive, e- easily yes. set off. It part it part of the frustration of it. And part of just that they're no longer really themselves. Or or maybe they're being themselves and they don't have the presence to restrain themselves right. publicly that they used to have. I mean, there's so many signs there for him, aren't there? Yeah. 
what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> okay, it's, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what the whole elephant and tiger business is. No clue. Um, and he never clarifies it, by the way. If you if you watch the rest of the clip, it, it actually it actually gets more cringy when he starts tripping over his words when he's trying to convince us that he's perfectly mentally fit. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw some people talking about that. Basically, he, he was having a hard time, like, even enunciating the words, like mental acuity. Yeah. He couldn't do it, and then they just cut the interview off. Um, right. But again, it just goes to show if if I'm not trying to have a conversation about how ridiculously terrible the duopoly is, and that you're you're left with with two, you're not left with two choices. I should say you're left with two viable choices, right? Because look, a third party's not going to win, so you're left with two viable choices. You have Joe Biden and you have Donald Trump. I'm not trying to talk so much about how ridiculous the duopoly is that those are your viable choices. So much as I'm saying. If you accept that you're in the world where these are your two choices, and you just know, like this, like a lot of people are placing their bets. Is this guy even going to make it to November? So, yeah. so let me ask you this, because this is kind of an interesting segue. Do you think Joe Biden is the nominee on the ballot in November? Yes or no? And then, depending, and then, regardless of that answer, if that ticket wins. Will he be president for four years? I think that they will do whatever they need to do to prop him up and get him to the finish line. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to do it with an eye toward whoever is the vice president is going to be the president in a relatively short amount of time. Okay. That that would be if, if I was a strategist for the Democratic Party, <clears throat> that would probably be my thinking. Yeah, so I, I'm I, I agree with that. My my prediction is is that no matter how bad it gets, his name will be on the ballot in November. Mm -hmm. Um, if he were to win the election, I I think that there's near zero percent chance that he's actually the president for a four year term. Yeah. Um, now here's an also interesting side question that they do they do touch on a little bit in that interview clip that I had, the debates. I think a lot of people, a lot of people who just enjoy the political theater sort of kind of look forward to the debates because you because you know that, I mean, Donald Trump became president of the United States largely because of his debate performances. Yep. And so for no other reason than that, I think people were looking forward to the next round. Can Donald Trump go back swinging into this year's debate? And just what kind of bloodbath would it be with him taking on Joe Biden? Which then goes back to the Joe Biden side of things. A lot of people think that they either that they will either figure out a way to cancel the debates altogether, or or the Biden campaign will simply say, you know, we're we're not going to Milwaukee for the convention because of coronavirus concerns. Therefore, we're not going to travel to the debates. Is as terrible as that sounds in the sense that I you know the Trump campaign will will have a field day with that, right? Like, they're going to say, oh, you know, he's he's unfit for office. He can't even make it to the debates. How can he be president for four years? But is it still a better bet, if you're a Biden strategist, is it still better for you to just avoid him going on stage like the plague and just take your lumps from not showing up to the debates? Yeah, I think it is. And, and I'll give you an example from a congressional race that I watched. It's been... Gosh, it's been eight, 12 years ago, but uh, it was the uh, congressional 
seat that's uh, sixth district in Kentucky. And uh, the the Republican holds the office now, but it's always been kind of a swing seat. So it's kind of gone back and forth between Democrats and Republicans. And uh, Ben Chandler held that seat for a long time. And uh, when Barr took that seat from him, it was all because Chandler made some big gaffes. If he had just kept his mouth shut, he probably would have won. And again, there, he was afraid of the perception of, well, I'm afraid to face this guy. And and he would have gotten some backlash, but I think he still would have won. Uh, I think the same thing. I think, I think Biden, I think there's enough people who will, you know, if I'm a strategist, I would think that there are enough people that's going to vote for the Democratic candidate, whoever it is, uh, as long as it seems viable. Uh, I think there's enough people to vote for that, that, that you can hide him pretty effectively and, you know, just make the, they'll, they'll make, they can, they can make the case that, well, Trump's not even worth debating. It won't be a serious debate. And we've got this coronavirus anyway. You know, I think they can, I think they can talking point their way around it for, for most of the voters. Uh, sad to say, but I think that's the reality. Leave us, leave us with this one, Mike, before we take our final commercial break. Who do you think will be Biden's vice presidential nominee? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, my mind just went blank. I, I think of the, uh, the, the, the rice woman. That's one of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the other, the other, they're, they're basically down to two, I think. Um, there, yeah, there are. And there's, there's still that outside chance that it could be Kamala Harris. And I got to tell you, I actually really want him to name Kamala Harris as vice president because I want her to take another stroll onto the national stage and get eviscerated for being a cop who threw people in prison for pot. That would be excellent. I, I mean, she she took so many right on the chin from Tulsi Gabbard that you think that she would be quietly bowing out of national politics. Right. But word on the street is is she's pulling every card she can to get back in the race. So yeah, you know what? More power to her. She she needs to be embarrassed again on national TV. Um, political theater, man. Yep. Jeff Johnson says Biden Obama. He thinks Michelle Obama is going to be it. Uh, yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that. Because I've also heard that Michelle Obama's a man. So well, who knows? You've never heard that <laughs> on this show. Well, you have now. <laughs> well, it's a joke because anyway, we're going to take our last commercial <laughs> break. We're going to be right back after this.
Like our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash funnybroke. You can follow me on Twitter. Twitter.com at Alan M. Mosley. Subscribe to our YouTube page. YouTube.com slash funnybroke. You survived another episode of It's Too Late, Mike Mary. How are you feeling? It's pretty cool. You know? I like sitting in the producer chair. The producer chair is pretty cool. You know, here's a funny little hint about Blake Osborne, who's normally in the producer chair. He pretty much doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, he mostly <laughs> well, just clicks the buttons that are next. and That's pretty much what I did, except I didn't even have to push any buttons. Although I think I did a pretty pretty good intro. He did do a pretty good I'll give you that. So we're, we're out of time. It's almost time to run the credits. I'm gonna, we're going to, first of all, where can people go and buy your latest book and support you, Mike Meharry? Go to michaelmeharry.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y.com. You can pick up Constitution Owner's Manual, which is behind me, which you probably can't see in the crop version. You can learn all about the Constitution and why Spooner uh, might have been right. Okay. Since this is a serious show, we're going to do one serious question and then one very serious question. First one. Who will be president next year? Uh, whoever the Biden vice president is. That's, so you think it'll, so the, the Democratic ticket will win and whoever replaces Biden as president. I okay. Think. Last question, Mike Meharry. Is mayonnaise a condiment or a spread? Yes, I think it is both. Goes in the condiment section, but it definitely is a spread because I use a knife and I spread it. See, you were so close. You were so close because it is a spread. It is not a condiment. It's not both. I don't care what section you find your spreads in. Mayonnaise is a spread because you see it's oil and you spread it on the bread so that the bread doesn't get wet from your fresh tomatoes and lettuce and the like. That's not why I spread it. I spread it because it's delicious. No, mayonnaise is actually horrific. So that's strike no. two. You were wrong. No, I am never wrong. Mayonnaise is a spread, not a condiment. It's also a condiment. No, it's just a spread. Go to the condiment table at the restaurant. You'll find your mayonnaise. I can't because it's locked down. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no, there's no restaurant. Guys, thank you so Fair much enough. for listening to another episode of It's Too Late with Alan Moe. And we will see you next week.